Hey, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And this is Talking Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversation. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion, but we've been lucky enough to write, produce, and hang out with so many incredible rising artists since we started our project. Whether it's at sessions or parties or over cups of coffee, we've talked with our creative friends about everything. Music, life, love, and all the subtle complexities that come with being in the middle of a journey. Talking Lion is about hitting record in these conversations and sharing them with you. There's no real structure, nothing really prepared, just friends talking about life and what it's been like and where it's going. We recorded this episode with our friend Moons. We first met Moons at an event in LA called Industry Talks where she was on a panel covering sync licensing. From there we discovered we had many mutual friends and we hit it off. Some context for this interview. We recorded this episode a week before her wedding. A year earlier, she released her EP, Aftershock, and is currently working on new music. Incredibly driven and brilliant in the business of music, Moons has inspired many with her heartfelt songs and path towards balance. So, without further ado... This is Moons, and you're listening to Talking Lion. We're going to start. I'm going to just start by saying that Noah's currently clutching a pillow. I what? want are one you? of those. It's it looks so I mean, fluffy. It's I just, very I just, soft. It's are, very soft. Are you okay? I'm looking I'm around great. the room and there's... Sometimes you just got to clutch a pillow. No pillow like that for me to be holding on to. Should we, yeah. do, you, do you like to clutch no, this pillow? No, I don't like to take it from you. <laughs> no, go for it. No. I, I, got, I, got, I have my phone with it. <laughs> it's very... It feels like there's a mix of like a pup and a sweet cat on your lap. This is the secret to a good podcasting <laughs> is having a pillow that I feel bad. Take it back. No, I don't. I was... I don't need it. Uh, well, well, welcome. Welcome. Thanks. Uh, it's it's good to see. You. It's funny. We were, we were talking that we've we've run into each other a lot around Los Angeles, but we've never had a chance to like hang. And, yeah. Uh, and and chat. So this is the hang and chat. I think within the hour that we were just uh, well, you you brought juice that was really, really you, some, you made that right. Yeah, fresh juice. It was um, two celery stalks, a fourth of green cabbage, a red apple, and a fourth of Honeydew, pretty bomb. My my, like my stomach's been hurting lately, so that like I don't know. I, I'm sure that that was really good for like me to like you know not feel terrible. It's good if you've been drinking. It's good if you just want to detoxify that gut. So I feel yeah. I'm happy you liked it. It was good. Yeah, and then we had bagels and locks, which I appreciate. Uh, yes, as a New York Jew is pretty much me too. I will. I was an LA Jew. Yeah. very grateful for the bagels. <laughs> bagels and locks. Bagels yeah. and locks with all the fixings. It's like that's. Mm-hmm. I think my final meal. Like if I if I had to choose, it would be bagels and locks. I have a hard time doing that game just because oh, yeah. I love so many different breakfast right. foods yeah, and it's everything. Like stressful you know? to pick I feel one. like it's really challenging, and I love codfish. I think more than Ooh. locks. I like. Bagel, I like. Oh, which I will. T- I will thank my nana for that. That's yeah. I think that that's a, a very strong uh, take. I think, but but also like I grew up with like New York bagels, which yeah. I would argue are just a different flavor palette. You What's know? the place, Russ and Daughters? That's like where I always go when I go to New York. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's not I, a very popular. I like place. Absolute in in New York, but also uh, I'm just I'm from the suburbs outside, and there was just star gotta bagels. Give me your so, your list. Yeah, Sunshine Bagel in in Ardsley. Ardsley, Westchester, uh, okay. New York. Yeah. Oh, I'm serious. You have to give me that list. I will give you the list. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just I miss like bacon, egg, and cheeses at like bodegas that you could just like walk into. Here's that's egg- what's missing, right? Yeah. 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 Here's like egg sandwich on I feel toast. like we have like, tacos that. as a consolation for like the cheap, quick like thing. True. But it's yeah, it's, you know, we're missing that missing like a good one stop. Yeah. yeah. It's true. It's hard. I mean, it's heartbreaking. We traded that for for the weather. You know, I, I think I've said that once every podcast is I traded bagels for good weather. <laughs> That's a funny. But, but you're from here originally, yeah? 
Yes. Well, the valley, the, the San valley. Fernando Valley. Grew up in Tarzana, Ala Banks, and Chaim. They also grew up there. Oh, the sisters. cool. Um, I'm like just trying to picture where that is. I We went outside of Los Angeles for the first time last week. Do you so, know where Calabasas is if you're heading like north? Yeah, yes. it's like north. So it's kind yeah. of like in between Studio City okay. and okay. Calabasas. It's kind of right in the middle. So not too far. Not too far. Not too far. Um, did, did you go to high school with our roommate, Eric? Did, or? I did. We went to a small private Jewish school in the Valley. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, I loved it. It was the best. The best four <laughs> years. And then I went to college in Boulder. So I was in Colorado. Oh, oh of course. I played an open mic in Boulder. Which you was, did? Which is fun, yeah. Where? Um, I, I did a... Was, I played a bunch was of... Was it Laughing Goat? It was Laughing Goat. Was it Laughing Goat? Yeah, it was Laughing Goat. Yeah, I yeah. played open mics at Laughing Goat. That's laughing so Goat funny. was fun. Um, yeah. There was a lot of... I remember the walls were just like really like nicely yeah. decorated. I feel like they feature different artists like work um, from the last time I was there. Yeah. That's the cool thing about Boulder. Like you feel like everyone can succeed in a lot of different avenues like um that's how I felt in college like there were so many different artists doing a million different things and I felt like everyone was shining well um when you were back in in when you were growing up like in the valley did you first like take a shine into music or were there other things that you were definitely in? was just into all arts like musical theater mm-hmm. um dance were you in the school music. shows music I was in all yeah all the shows <laughs> what's what some some of the shows because we were, we're both yeah, recovering right. oh, theater kids um, the music man um, oh, nice. but the music man I was Miss Peru and my sister was my daughter which was really funny and my <laughs> sister's fine. four years older than me which was really funny is your sister musical as well I mean I feel like we're all pretty musical but she didn't like pursue a musical career mm-hmm. and my oldest sister is a painter oh cool um, what's the the other sister my middle now, sister yeah. worked at ford models as the women's division head oh, cool. for five years um and then was a casting agent before that so kind of on the other side of entertainment entertainment and- yeah um but we all have like a love for music for sure an appreciation for it what your parents do my mom is kind of a stay-at-home mom and the best of it and um she is also a college counselor Oh, cool. And my dad has now owned our family business since 1922, and it's oh, wow. temperature controlled storage for huge companies. Um, oh, okay, yeah. And on site shredding as well. Wait, he didn't start the company in 1922. No, his great his grandfather. So my great grandfather. I was I was trying to do the math. It. Your dad is <laughs> brushing 100. <laughs> Williams yeah. Data Management is the company. <laughs> uh, but my dad was super musical and would always play me like the classics: Frank Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald. He would play Tower of Power, which was like my ultimate favorite. Um, we would blast it in the car on my way home from. Was Tap. he? Did he play? He plays trumpet. Oh, cool. he grew up playing trumpet. My mom grew up playing flute. Oh wow! So a very eclectic house. But I always grew up. I just was super drawn to the piano. So that's like always what I played since like age five. Did you have a piano in the house? Mm-hmm. Cool. And then my sister played guitar. And then my other sister played piano as well. So, so you guys were just like the, yeah, we the could have a, you know, We could have had a band. We maybe <laughs> yeah. needed a drummer. A but yeah. <laughs> I think every like dad wants to start a family band. Yeah. Like I think that my dad <laughs> just wanted my brother and I and him to like, and my mom to just go on the road together. And I think I wanted everything. What a dream. I mean, that. yeah, could be really fun still. We could still do it. Yeah, the Williams. Though I uh, haven't heard my dad play trumpet in a long, long time, so have to see. <laughs> the Williams family. Yeah, the Williams family tour. Seriously, it's we'd right. have to come up with a better name than that. But it's, it sounds very classic, <laughs> though. That sounds like uh, you know, like the Adams family or whatever. True. It sounds. Or my sisters and I have always talked about like you know having like some kind of group, like a trio. 
Yeah, you'd be the you know, the second like the, the second se- sister yeah. band to come yeah. from. Uh, yeah, Could tour with Haim and would be really cool. I know I say Haim like in Hebrew. Oh, I think I just Haim. yeah, I, no, I, I, I mess think, it up every. I think people say Haim. I, I'll pronounce things like like with the sort of Hebrew pronunciation that like doesn't warrant it. Like I just I'll just throw. <laughs> You know, or I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll throw in Yiddish accidentally. I told, I texted somebody the other day saying that I was cavelling about them and they were like, what? I'm like, oh, I was. You got to say, look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be confused with kvetching. Yes. Is, yeah. We're teaching uh, Yiddish to our listeners today. That's that's what today is. The other is. one that my parents would teach me my whole life was schmutz. Like there's schmutz on Oh, the schmutz on you. On you yeah. mm-hmm. But I never could pronounce it. So my dad would make me say schmutz. 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 Mutz. And when I was eight, I still couldn't do it, so I would say shamutz. Shamutz. And he was that almost sounds more more Hebrew though. That's yeah. He would always say it's close, but you still aren't getting it. <laughs> Finally, now you know. <laughs> you were were you bat mitzvahed? I was bat mitzvahed age thirteen at Stephen S. Weiss. Nice. Um, what uh what month was your? Not March. like in Hebrew, but uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I was super connected to and still am to like my Judaism and went to college and actually majored in Jewish studies. Oh, wow. So you weren't studying music in I college. wasn't studying music. Um, I took a lot of the undergrad music classes that were available, but I didn't take, I didn't major in it just because it was very classically driven and I mm. wanted to have like a pop-focused program. Well, and, and to be fair, you know, also like the, the music in, in Judaism is incredible. Like some of the melodies that, was beautiful. that are I like, mean, yeah. I sang acapella my whole life. I would write you know, and be in the acapella groups in, in camp. So it definitely brought lots of joy to my life. But, you know, once I graduated, I was like, I don't necessarily want to write this right now. Right. I want to kind of branch off and do my own thing. Um, but it wasn't until like the toward the end of 2015 that I started Moons. So mm. and I graduated in 2013. So it took like a year and a half. Were you performing when you were in high school? In high school, yeah. Well, I was in a conservatory, Southern California Piano Conservatory in <laughs> Calabasas. Um, and we'd have like, you know, biannual shows and I'd play here and there and then start playing at little places like in the valley. Were, were you writing for those things or were you playing covers? Yeah, no, I've, no, I've always written. Um, but most of the time it was just like composition. Like I didn't write lyrics at the time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them were just... Piano, piano and then I would I would add strings. Like I started using GarageBand like junior year of high school. Nice. Um, <laughs> and I would add like strings and then, you know, like drum loops and like was not, you know, quantizing anything and <laughs> yeah. would kind of be like, this sounds great. Like everything's coming to life. Um, do, do you remember the name of the first like song song you wrote? It was called There Is Love. And Ooh. it was when I was 17. Yeah, like I mean the biggest like big song. But my first first one like was probably around my bar mitzvah because I gave out CDs of my songs to my guests. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and it was called Strength. It was called Strength. I, I, I love the, the image of just like <laughs> passing out your mixtape at your bar. Like, I, yeah, but bar I have always been like a hustler in yeah. that, that sense. Like, <laughs> no, I'm just upset that I didn't think about it. You know, I, like, well, it was the theme of it was, was Mad About Molly. That's my real name. And um, the, all the table themes were like things that I was mad about, like musical theater or dance or... You know, oh, I, I miss I misinterpreted. You thought it would be I like, thought it was yeah. like angry. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah. pollution it and, uh, and politics. And, yeah, <laughs> that's really funny. I feel like that would be like a very today about mitzvah theme. Like, yeah, like we're mad. What are yeah. we mad about? What are you pissed about? <laughs> Take action yeah. now. It's like Paul's pissed. Like <laughs> Paul's pissed. That's so and funny. each table is just like a news article <laughs> that like bothered him. 
That's amazing. Like artists, he doesn't <laughs> like like enjoy or anything. But yeah, it was like instead of you know like table like name what are they called like place place cards, cards yeah. maybe it was like my CD with their name on no, it. That's a good hustle. <laughs> that's great though. I mean, that's, that, you should do that at your wedding as well. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> a good idea. You're getting married in a week, right? In a week. Mazel tov. Thank you. Uh, are you are you having it around here? It's about like an hour uh, northeast of of here. And if you don't, don't mind me asking, how did you guys meet? We actually met on Tinder. Ooh, nice. I know. Shout out Tinder. And um, it was like for me, it was really like love at first sight. That's so, awesome. Four years. Four years later, and here we are. Well, congratulations. Thanks. You yeah, should pass, pass your mixtape around. I'm, yeah. <laughs> it's actually like that's the funny thing because I talked about it with my managers that. How funny would it be if it lined up that like the EP is going to come out right around that time? And we keep joking that it's like it is going to be like the single will be re- released right around the date. And, you know, whatever. Well, so that's just kind of how it works. You can't joke, control. Jokes sort of aside, it's like very hard sometimes to find the line between like personal life and the music that you make. You know, obviously, like, yeah, thematically, it definitely it's like all threaded together. But I think when I first started Moons, I, I tried to keep it as separate as possible. Just yeah just to kind of have um, that privacy. I mean, those boundaries do take work though. Like it's not necessarily like you start a project and those boundaries are there inherently. Like you have to work to decide like, okay, how much of my real life, not even just in the songwriting, but just how much of my real life from like the friendship and branding and business standpoint is going to be seeping into this. You know, do I put my mixtape out? Like, uh, you know, at my birthday party, (laughs) you know, um, hand out those USBs. Yeah. But, uh, well, Mazel Tov. Oh, Thank that. you. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> and so you were performing also when you were uh, in Colorado. Yeah, I was. I'd play like at all different bars. I love the Laughing Goat. I'm still, that's, that's a funny. Yeah, that's yeah. that's so funny. Um, you know, I, I still remember friends of mine that would come to shows. It was just like 15 people, you know? And like those are the friends that are still super supportive today <laughs> yeah. of like what's what's come of my project. Um, but yeah, Boulder was like a really cool bubble of, you know, cultivating my sound. I discovered, you know, the chaos pad while I was in college. That's like the looping pad. Oh, and I cool, did all yeah. my vocal manipulations on there. And it's how I kind of started a lot of my song ideas. And I played with like a handful of people that would just come. They didn't know any of what I was playing, but they would just be happy to play with me the night of. And right. we would just jam for 10, like 10 minutes each song. And it was like, it kind of got me into like that freeing space of, um, you know, writing should bring joy to your life. Like it shouldn't be a stressful thing. And, yeah. and, and that's kind of what like, it created a really, really like solid and, and sweet foundation for my project hmm. being in Boulder. Like it didn't feel like people always talk about how it's like, you know, and it is, the industry is, is it will tear you apart in a lot of ways, but it should also lift you up in a lot of ways too. Well, and that, that's, I think what we're <laughs> sort of noticing um, just in the two years we've been out here is just, there is the negative if you look for it, but there's also so much great stuff if you also look for it. Yeah. And I think that there's and I think you also get you, and to some extent you get out what you put in. Yeah. Exactly. I think I think if you if you make an active attempt to attract good people and to be good to people, like you know, the industry is a pretty nice place to be. At a pun a pun I would say, which is like if you think it's zero sum, you're not adding enough. Like I think the idea is that you can if there isn't enough opportunity out there, like create opportunity. Totally. And, and be good to, to everybody but you know it's it is true i mean know. it's all how you choose to look at it you know to see it's it's all how you choose to see it um 
Now, did you ever consider while you were out in Boulder, instead of moving back to Los Angeles, consider like Nashville or New York? Yeah, you know, honestly, I feel like my first choice would have been to stay in Colorado longer. But I love New York for little bursts of of time. But I, I don't know if I could live there. That's just me. Nashville, too. I mean, I also think just because I'm not necessarily like like a songwriter that much for other people. Like I write for other people here and there, but I feel like I'm I'm pretty focused on on my own stuff most of the time. That I don't know if I would succeed out there as much. Yeah. That's well, just like maybe that's just in my head. Who knows? So what year did you move back to Los Angeles? I moved back like the summer after um I graduated. And you started the Moon's Pretty project quick. within that? Uh within like a year and a half. Cool. And when you were first starting out, were you Doing it like the production and the writing all on your own, or did you have no? I kind of write uh, like right as I moved back. My friend Reed, um, whose artist project is called Dreamers Delight, he introduced me to my friend Cody Tarpley. When was that? Like summer twenty fourteen, I think. And he had just moved to LA from Texas, and we jammed for like three weeks straight, and we ended up writing a ton of material. Um, and he was kind of the first like producer relationship that I felt really just confident with um, kind of bringing ideas in and kind of writing from scratch, which was new for me, writing with people. Yeah. And then it kind of started from there. We wrote Satisfy in like an hour and <laughs> uh, we wrote like a handful of other songs that ended up coming out. Um, well, so Satisfy was your first single. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and was that 2015, 2016? That came out like, it was my first single August, 2015. Um, but right before that, actually, I released like a cover I did with Crane. Oh, um, Zach. Um, and we did like a Kanye Sia and that came out and I really loved that. Like no one knew who I was. It was kind of like this elusiveness that I got to like play along with. And, um, and that was, I think in like April of that, of, of 2015. Was Wolves what inspired the sort of Moon's imagery or was it just a coincidence? That was just a coincidence. Um, Moon was a nickname my sisters called me growing up and I added the Z's after that, it kind of just created this um, like dreamscape kind of world for me where I shouldn't be afraid of my subconscious and like all the dreams that I have. Mm. Um, so that was kind of like one of the things. And then the other thing is that I am inspired by the moon and um, you know, both the, the darkness and the light. And I always want to be inspiring to others, but to not be afraid of the darkness that, that lives <laughs> in all of us. I feel like it's just part of all of us. Some of us choose to let it let it scare us and um i kind of want to be that inspiration for others doesn't necessarily need to be well I, th- I think what's funny is like before we even started like recording today we were like talking about dreams we were talking about yeah like the the you had this if you don't mind sharing. i dreamt i just dreamt that i climbed up this super steep mountain i was just at my friend's wedding in israel a few weeks ago in Caesarea, and um you just are on this like very rich old Roman like owned land basically like it just feels like you're walking in history (laughs) um and we climbed up in my dream to this super tall like it must I don't even know how tall it was but I I was terrified of coming down but when I looked for friends to help me like no one was around and it was almost like it was challenging me to make a decision or call out for help even though I couldn't see those people that's kind of how I interpreted it. Like maybe I've gotten all the way up to this place and I'm really proud of myself for that. But like, I can't either get down by myself or I can't get across by myself. Mm. And I shouldn't be afraid of asking for help. I don't feel like that shows weakness or anything. I feel like that just... Yeah. Have you, have you found that to be true in the music industry? I think so. 
Yeah. I used to not share a lot of my work in progress with people. And I feel like just over the years, I've gotten more confident and, and just more open to inviting, not necessarily, you know, opinion, but just their thoughts about it. I, mm-hmm. I choose not to see them as like constructive opinion. It's more just like everyone's going to have their own thoughts about, you know, what it makes them feel. And that doesn't yeah. necessarily need to match how you felt when you wrote it, but it's just a, it's a power of music. It can mean something else. It's funny because we're like on different sides of it, I think, on, on most occasions. Like yeah, I, I yeah. have a hard time working on something um, without showing somebody like the day one demo. Like if, if you know, somebody really likes the day one demo and is really excited about it, I'm like, well, wait till you hear when yeah, it's done. Yeah. Like that for me is like the motivating factor. And you're whereas, much more like protective of. Yeah, I think I think I want I want to show people things that I'm proud of, you know, and I don't want to just show people like. I think that there's so much that goes into the creative process. Totally. I, um, I you know, I, I like to to tinker with stuff before externalizing it. Well, and we also we go back and forth about um, needing help. Like I, I find like my superpowers knowing my limits and knowing who to call. Whereas like Noah, you know, we and we've talked about this. It's like for him, it's like what what can I do on my own? How can I? I think that that's something we talk about a lot. I think that's like a balance to be struck, you know. I feel like there's two sides. It's like, have you exhausted all of your resources in that way? Yeah. And and sometimes I'm like, I don't want to invite people in too early. But um, sometimes I get stuck and I'm like, maybe they'll have a different idea that like, you know, that I just was, you know, closed off to or something. I think I also, part of it for me comes from I just, I enjoy I enjoy doing things by myself and I enjoy learning new skills and pushing myself, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I I do want to get better at like recognizing like, oh, I'm not super good at this thing. I could ask someone for help and that would help me like accomplish my goals. But I'm also just like, I could get better at this thing. Right. Like I could teach myself to be better at all these aspects of things that I want, you know, I want to be good at. So it's, it's definitely a balance between like, yeah. you know, doing things that interest me and improving myself, but also like recognizing my own limitations and being totally. okay with those limitations and saying, if I want to accomplish this goal, then it's okay to ask for help doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was a, I was kind of jolted awake also. So I don't know if it was like, just kind of telling me like, you've gotten to this point, you should be proud of yourself, you know, see what else is is out there for you. I don't know. No. But sometimes I'm also like, maybe a dream isn't meant to be interpreted so heavily. You know, sometimes I feel like, oh, it's just there. It kind of made you think. And then... Yeah. Well, and I think dreams are often, it. it's like, you know, you hear what you want to hear, what you need to hear. It's like, yeah. you know, I, I've been like rattled by dreams and I'll like tell Noah. And Do you write them out? Always. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My um, bubby, my mom's mom has always written her dreams mm-hmm. and she has a dream circle. Wait, what's a dream with her circle? Girlfriends. She, oh, they, like, meets, she meets discuss... with them. Like, I think now it's like once a month. I think it used to be a bit more, you know, she's 84, but she's just she's so inspirational to me like they meet and discuss it and they all kind of talk through what they think it means and yeah that's, that's like cool. it it yeah it gives life to like you know to things. the subconscious yeah well it's, it's so powerful i think lately i've been really happy which <laughs> yeah. is a weird thing to be but i think whenever i have a you know a dream that sort of rattles me i like trust it because it'll make me realize oh there are things that are like longer mm-hmm. journeys like longer things that i'll need to sort of like sift through, kind sift of. through. I think it's funny we were talking about collaboration though before because you sort of first sonically came into our world through a collaboration. I think the first song I heard was Navigator, and we heard it because we knew the Opia guys, mm-hmm. right? And you did that with Cole. 
I did that with both Cole and DJ. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did you meet them? I met them when they first moved to LA, I think in early 2016. But it was kind of just like a session that happened and we wrote a great song. It was when Jacob, who's mm-hmm. their producer, Jacob, yeah. um, was also here and we ended up writing a cool song. But that wasn't Navigator. It was just a cool song that came of it. It never saw the light of day. And we just ended up staying friends and really enjoying each other's company. But we, we were like online friends. because We put out a song at the same time. And so like when we were looking at the blogs, we saw them and we right. reached out on Facebook. And then when Jacob visited Boston, we hung. He even, I think, like tracked vocals, he's, like one line of vocal so cool. in one of our yeah. songs. So um, generous with his time, too. Uh, he's so sweet. Yeah. And, and then <laughs> when Cole and DJ were touring with Marion Hill, they mm-hmm. texted us like, hey, can we crash at your place? Like, we're going to have to wake up at six in the morning so we can't like hang. But can we crash? And so, you know, we saw Cole and DJ for 30 seconds. I, I remember very distinctly, like, they came to the house, like, just, like, threw on pajamas Drop, yeah. and just dropped they dead. Just, like, yeah, passed away. Oh, my right God. <laughs> and um, out at, like, 7 in the morning. Yeah, that's crazy. Seven. Yeah, that summer, right? It was, like, 2016 summer? Yeah, it would have been, yeah, it would have yeah. been that summer. It feels, it's crazy wow. how long ago that's that crazy. was. Yeah. yeah. But that was, I mean, that was an incredible song, and then I think we, I followed you. you in general, and but the first time we met was at um, the industry talks. Kyle Emerson, right? Rounds, um, yeah, I spoke on that panel. Which was I that did, also a couple of years ago. That was a, a year. Would have been like a year and a half, year ago. And a half ago. I didn't know what uh, what like sync was really until that. Like I didn't realize like what that world was until you right. explained it at your talk, which was super cool. Like, wow. Well, that's like kind of what I feel like we all you know we write songs in hopes that you know it'll reach as many people as possible, you know? Mm. And then a sync like that, that gets in TV or commercial or whatever, just gives it all new life. Like it literally just extends the life. And for me, like I didn't think anything would happen with Satisfy. And then that just happened over and over. Like they just kept renewing it. And I was like, this is crazy. You just never think that a song that, you know, at the time was just really fun. And you were like, fuck, this sounds amazing. I'm gonna (laughs) loop this, you know? And then it just gets synced in this, you know, empowering as fuck commercial and then you watch and I'm like fuck yeah that's my song like that's crazy you know I was like how could this happen well it's like a win-win-win because I feel you know part of building a career is just getting years on yeah. your music but then part of it and we talk about this a lot is just like runway like making sure that financially like you can focus on what you're doing and when whenever you get it like streaming is fine like you know the pennies accumulate you know etc and writing for other people is good <laughs> yes yeah. they do and, uh, and everything but like you know, just to just get like a you know a check in the mail, and then be able to know like okay, that's yeah. that can last me this amount of time. I can focus on it for this amount of time. Like you essentially right. buy yourself patience. Yeah, you know, you buy yourself the ability to not have to take a deal you don't want, to take an advance you don't want. You know, right. you buy yourself equipment and yeah. literally buying yourself yeah. equipment. Yeah, you, you essentially buy time and and energy, you know, to a degree to focus and stuff. So I, I find that like. There's a lot of new artists who don't know like this how powerful the sync world is. Yeah. Well, I also think, you know, before like the world of iPod came out and like all those, you know, remember those like dope color background commercials with the silhouetted people dancing? Yeah, yeah. Like before that, like it wasn't cool to get syncs with your music. Like it was seen as like a cop out in so many ways. It's like, like a jingle. Yeah, yeah. It was like, why would you, you know, why would you want that? But then somehow there was like this switch when iPod, you know, yeah. came out with all those things that I remember seeing those and being like, that's crazy. Like your music is being heard by consumers, like wanting to buy that product and then wanting your song as well. Like, well, it's so it's so amazing. It's like there, there has been, I think, a sync like boom, and 
it was like that running in parallel to like the Zach Braff effect. Mm-hmm. Like you would have shows like Scrubs or you know movies totally. like Garden State that would be using music by oh, unknown such good artists, soundtracks. right? You know, like uh, you'd have Iron and Wine and The Shins and everything and The Fray too. Totally. Suddenly, like you know, being known by like a ton of people. Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Oh. I, was, I, I, was, I was about to say, I, I maybe almost don't want to go on this rant, but I feel like I should go on this rant. I feel like Zach Braff gets too much credit for the Zach Braff effects. I feel like the 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 woman who did the the super music supervision for Gossip Girl, the OC, yeah. and Grey's Anatomy, yeah. and like nine hundred two one zero, like did oh, yeah. way more for like. Did she do all of those? She did all of those. Wow, like she's incredible. Yeah, I think she totally. she deserves the, the credit for that effect because that stuff was happening before like Scrubs. Who is and, she? And, and that's the thing because that was happening right around the time of like that Apple commercial and that thing. Yeah. So you suddenly had commercials sync and you have television sync mm-hmm. running hand in hand i'd even say like to a degree trailer music mm-hmm. evolved from you know using like orchestral alexandra pet savas she uh she did the twilight saga too oh and my talk god. about a oh, good soundtrack fuck yeah oh my god that like, first ugh. yeah yeah exactly uh, i discovered i discovered i personally i personally discovered so much like so much of my music so, taste comes from gray's anatomy me too. house a house had great. Even the OC, yeah. like like one of the first songs I learned on piano was California by Phantom, Phantom Planet because because oh. it was the OC theme. Like, well, can we just like decode by Paramore? Yeah, exclusively off of, off of on the Twilight. Twilight, Twilight That's soundtrack. That's how I found Mute Math was the Twilight soundtrack. Iron and Wine was on the Twilight soundtrack. Like, yeah. whew, mm-hmm. I just remember seeing that and and kind of coming to that realization like. I could live in that world. Yeah. Uh, sure, it took like you know a little bit longer, but I was like eleven, or I don't even know. I feel like I was like ten when those commercials started. Right. I think anybody starting in music now is just sort of there. You know, we're aware. Oh, you know, you can get put music in commercials. Oh, you can put music in television. There's so much television now that like, yeah. You know, I mean, if we we could probably make a killing if we all just like pretended to make '40s jazz music, and then suddenly we have every single period drama mm-hmm. from Catch Twenty Two to Miss Maisel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, oh, what a fabulous show! Right. Yeah. And what's cool is that, like, I feel all of us were inspired by those songs anyway. So it's not like we're yeah. trying to make sync songs. We're just making yeah. songs that can have that cinematic quality. I think I really like. I mean, what what I love about Navigator is that it feels just powerful like it feels like you're on that drive it feels like you're thanks that's like the vibe i i really wanted i think restless modern the production on it is just like it just totally matches the vibe that i was going for too he was Um, on that too yeah yeah, he produced yeah shout out shout out i kind of envisioned it like that like you know you keep passing the exits where you're supposed to get off and like it just doesn't matter Mm because wherever you're going you're with the one that you want to be with and that's that's the feeling you want forever you know and there's still videos that get tagged. I just got tagged in one yesterday of this couple on like their honeymoon or something. And it's all this <laughs> drone footage of them driving through That's awesome. wherever the fuck. And, you know, to see it, it's just really powerful. I, you know, I released that song in March 2016. And well, it's like do you remember still... the, the first part of the song that like came into existence? Yeah. Well, to me, I, I remember the the visual was like, was driving. It was like, we kind of wanted to make it feel like we were moving or going somewhere or like on a mission and then it kind of turned into like well what's what's the picture you want to paint and I said you know my fiance soon to be husband go on all these road trips together and oftentimes like we don't even know where we're going and we just decided to go camping one night and so then (laughs) Mm -hmm. Cole was like why don't we write about that like it doesn't matter where you're going and um and then it just sort of like it just kind of was written like that like sometimes those songs happen and there are blessings when they do. Um, and you don't have to think like yeah. for days on end about mm-hmm. like one little lyric, you know, change. And 
it's kind of just how it came to be. That's awesome. It was a really easy, like, blessing day. <laughs> like, seriously, <laughs> it really was. Well, and you, and you hear, I mean, there's there's plenty to talk about it, but, like, there are songs where you really just have to, like, you know, yeah. toy with it and put in a lot of effort. And then there's songs that it feels like somebody else even, you know, wrote it. Like, it just, like, you're... Yeah. Which yeah. sounds so spiritual or whatever, but I think anybody who's experienced that, it is somewhat of a spiritual moment. You're yeah, like, it really feels like you're from? stumbling yeah. on 100%. something. Yeah. Like, it, like it, it's existed, it's always existed, and, and you happen to be the one that, you know, gets to actually make it exist or whatever. I don't know. That's really heady stuff. Well, it's like, it's like, it's like, what did, it's like Michelangelo or something said, like, there's no possible thing like sculpture that can't like, that isn't contained in just a a blank slab of marble. Oh yeah. And it's the mind of the artist that like releases it from that state. I think it was Tom Waits. I was, I was watching like a Ted talk or whatever. Like somebody said like Tom Waits would imagine as like this thing that would come to him and that he would have a decision whether or not to interact. Like, at one point, you know, like, he would be, like, very anxious and try to, like, write everything down. But, you know, sometimes he'll be in traffic and, like, the thing, he's like, the thing visited me. And I'm like, I'm in traffic. You see, I'm in traffic. Like, <laughs> come again, you know. Like, come another time. And then that's, it leaves I love him. That. You know, like, that's just such a cool. But Tom Waits is also just, like, effortlessly cool. He is. <laughs> you, uh, so you brought uh, a book of essays. Oh, yeah, I did. It's called 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think. My friend Ida, who's um, this dope founder of this candle company that I love called Evil Queen, um, she's always reading dope books. And sometimes because I'm so on the go, I feel like sometimes I don't have the patience to like sit down and read a chunk of chapters a day. Mm -hmm. That's just me. I don't know who you are. But these are all short essays. And yeah, I just figured I could. We'd love to hear. Open up to one. Yeah, this one says... Be where your feet are, mantras that will remind you that your life is happening in this moment. It says, life happens in a series of moments, and any other ideas are just illusions that keep you from it. Here are 15 little mantras that you can repeat to yourself when you need to reground and remember. All that exists is what's in front of me. That was number one. (laughs) The only way to be extraordinary depends on what I do with the ordinary. (laughs) My life consists of my days. What am I doing with this one? This one's my favorite, which I always say like every day to myself. And I feel like you would like start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. Mm-hmm. I like that. Reminds me of that John Cage quote. Um, begin anywhere. Begin anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But this book is great. I mean, they all kind of remind you that, you know, you're doing a great job where wherever you are <laughs> in your life and you don't need to continuously compare yourself to what everyone else is doing. And I just feel like you know, with this day and age with Instagram and with everything, it's like you're constantly seeing what everyone else is doing and you can't help but compare and be like, well, they're doing this better or, you know, their Mm -hmm. branding looks cooler. It's like, you know, so this kind of like grounds me and and reminds me that I'm doing a good job and um, there's room for everyone to succeed. When we first started, I was was obsessed with comparison. I think, I mean, Noah can vouch for it, especially when we were back in Boston. Every day I would look on Spotify. I would um, mm-hmm. do like the Spotify for oh artists. Oh my God, I mean. Where I would put in the other artists. I feel like we it's all have. It's a cruel have. feature. It's a cruel feature. Spotify yeah. streams. So like I would, you know, I would look up and, you know, I would see friends who started later. I would see people who started at the same time or, you know, people who I, I thought didn't have songs that were as good as ours, whatever, you know. So like I would see on a day-to-day level how much better this was hurting me. Like I, Definitely. I, I think that the moment that I really stopped and realized that like the only thing I could compare to was myself. 
was exactly that's huge, that's you know? like number one mantra too you know your only competition is you because if you you know no one else is built like you yeah no one else sounds like you no one else writes with you know your your approach you know so that was hard at the beginning especially like because yeah. of that they make it so easy for you to be like oh well their song is doing this and you know so and so is just doing better um and instead like i would start writing like i'm really proud of so and so for doing this or like i would turn it into more like compliments for them well and when you think about like <laughs> you know success as being like one thing i don't know it just it, it it's a very myopic like yeah. it's not a full picture of what mm-hmm. it is cuz somebody could have an incredible stream situation but then you know never play to more than five people in a room. There's a, a million right. different sort of forms of success. It's impossible to look at one thing and say they're doing bad or they're doing well. Yeah. The only thing I have are, did I hit the goals that I wanted to that month? Right. Am I doing better than I did last month? Am I spending exactly. less on food this month than I did last yeah. month? Am I drinking more water than I did last month? Am that's I biking big, more? That's a big one with the juicing. Yeah. yeah. You know? You know, now I'm brewing my own teas. I used to spend like $5 a tea. <laughs> it's crazy, it yeah. adds up so fast. Yeah. You know, but it is. What can you do with what you have? Yeah. You know, uh, it's been almost two and a half years since I last used like the Spotify compare. <laughs> wow. I feel like I'm like saying that like an addict. <laughs> Which, and I know like, you know, for I was but obsessive it can be about to- it. Yeah. It's toxic. Yeah. It's not. It's it's really not healthy. I mean, I've had to set timers now on my phone you can do that on Instagram and it says that you've been on for 20 or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, I've been literally staring at this for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I'm like, what, is, yeah, what am I doing it's with my day? just get that feedback and be yeah. like, oh, I could be spending this time elsewhere. We, totally. uh, we also have a habit though. And I don't think we've ever like explicitly said it to each other, but whenever we see like a friend of ours doing something really cool, the first thing we say is, I'm really proud of them. Whether or not we mean yeah. it at that moment, we say it yeah, out loud because that, yeah. just having that be the initial reaction you know, it's like the fake it till you make it. You, if you say stuff enough times, you actually start feeling it. You know, I think. Yeah. So I, I do believe that. Well, especially I think it's I think it's because that the truth is complicated. You know, like when you see someone doing something cool, there's always going to be a part of you that's like jealous and envious. Like, why am I not doing that? But then, you know, if they are your friend, you ge- there is always going to be a part of you that's genuine. Like, I'm happy for them. And I think you get to make the choice to actively focus on the part of you that's like proud and just excited about everything and not give like any kind of attention to the part of you that's like that's more petty. I know, but you just have to actively do that. So that's, yeah, you do have to actively that's part of, I think, being in LA, maybe, I don't know, I'm sure Nashville and, and New York are comparable, but um, I do feel like just because we're so heavily populated with a lot of artists that are like within the similar genre or even like within the same demographic as, as me, like you just have to be consciously aware of, of where your thoughts go. At, at, at the end of the day, there's a million reasons why somebody is where they are or doing what they're doing. Yeah. And we're very lucky, obviously, to be where where we've all sort of gotten to. But I think that there's just so much more to do from here mm-hmm. that, like, I think, I don't know. It's, it's what we were saying before, that we could we, we have a choice that we could all be, like, at each other's throats or we could be supportive and, like, the tide rises every ship and, and try to give as much as we take. And that's hard. I mean, that's fucking work, yeah. you know, but I think everything is it starts with you not know? comparing. You, you either know? work at it or you become complacent. Yeah. You know, well, and that's the thing. Like, I think <laughs> if there's one thing that artists are, are good at. It's not being complacent. So, you know, this is our, our charge now to like, <laughs> here's where you put your effort, put your effort yeah. into not making the industry a shitty place yeah. to live. You know, I think there's been a nice shift, you know? Yeah. I don't feel like we're at each other's throats. No, definitely not. Um, yeah. 
I imagine it must have been a lot more toxic, like, you know, 10 years ago or whever. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I, yeah. I think the internet's democratized some stuff, for sure. Yeah. And it held people accountable, too. Help, yeah. Like, if, yeah. You're an, if you're an asshole, like, everybody will know. Yeah, I think, and that's that's definitely a shift that's that's happening more and more. Yeah. So, roughly around now, we usually ask, like, internet-inspired questions. Are you ready for them? Okay. These are non-musical questions. Non-musical questions. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, first question is, what is your phone background? Oh, my phone background is the photo when I got engaged in Yellowstone National Park with my fiance. (laughs) But um, on like my, like the other, this is like my phone background. But then when you go into the the main background, it says I'm a queen at manifesting my dreams because. Nice. Yeah. Just keeps me. It's a good good reminder. Keeps me reminded. Your mantras, I think, are very important to you, which is cool. Yes, definitely. Noah put on the door back when we were in Boston. He said, things happen when you go outside. Not really. I love, I love that. And my, the, the other one I really liked was like make music, not excuses. It's a classic. Oh, like yeah. Make things, not excuses. Mm-hmm. Love that. Do you have a non-musical hobby? I love to cook and I love to be outside, camp, hike, no. anything. Do you have one outside? of those? Like, I love I I hang my hammock up on the balcony. Do you have like one of those we have a, Yeah, we do. Um, But we forget it often when we go camping. <laughs> I don't know how. We did just get these new bomb ass chairs that are also like rocking chairs Ooh. to Ooh. have by the fire. Yeah, that's nice. Which I'm really excited about. <laughs> Do you have a weird random skill? I can like make a clover with my with my tongue. That's not really a skill. <laughs> I used to be able to tie a knot like a cherry uh, um, like a cherry stem, but I don't know why. It's like it's gotten harder. <laughs> but I can do the clover. I feel like not everyone can do it. But yeah, I, I definitely that's can. That's cool. You can't? Really... No, I can't. Oh. Clover? Can you? No. Yeah, I that's cool. What skill would you like to have? I feel like it'd be the coolest skill to just be able to comp my vocals in like 10 minutes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes time. I'd love to like be really good at snowboarding. Mm. I fall mm. on my ass like every time still. <laughs> so I guess that'd be a fun that's a good skill. Yeah. <laughs> All right, important question. Important. Would you be a pirate? I guess like for the for the gold and for all the for all the, the cool swashbuckling. Yeah. Good. But is I, that, a, is I that a yes? Is that I don't think that I could be that ev- like that evil in in a lot of ways. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say for the pirate question, like you don't have to be an evil pirate. You yeah, just, but here's the thing: you I would just still have like to it, interact with evil pirates. It comes, like you'd be in the pirate it, yeah, community. It comes It'd be like, oh, I want to I want to be a good mobster. Like I want to yeah. be a, the good part of organized crime. Yeah, like, you're still an organized. You crime. are still yeah. Like you're saying <laughs> yes to that treatment. I don't know. I'd. Lo- <sighs> I mean, I, I'm saying like around the time nobody was moral. I mean, like the maybe the, like a taste of it. You know, it's like you get to just kind of like live in it and then like snap your fingers and be out of that world. I think that's an easier question. I think anyone, anyone would say yes to that. The question is, would you be a pirate for and your commit entire life? Commit I, I would want to be a pirate I, and commit to I it. I just don't think I could handle the stress of like constantly wondering whether I was going to get betrayed by my first man. Oh, but I would pick right? the best first man. Yeah. You know, I would just I would pick a first man. That I'm yeah, like, but it was amoral times. Like you couldn't. You know, like how are you going to find someone that you trust? I would pick another first. I would pick two first men. <laughs> For them to guard guard against each other and they don't know about each other. I would, they would yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, this is an ongoing discussion. Yeah. Uh, do you have any tattoos? I do not have any tattoos. What would your fa- first tattoo Wait, be? Wait, sorry, fo- follow up before the. Is that because of uh, Judaism? Um, I just oh, never yeah. have had any urges to get a tattoo. I do love them on other people and I, I love hearing the stories of how they got them, but I've never had an urge to get one, nor would I get one in in okay. the in the future. I I mean I I've taken um 
plenty of classes where we talk about like medical ethics and Jewish ethics, Mm -hmm. whether it's being buried in a Jewish cemetery or, you know, honoring my grandfather who was in the Holocaust and, um, you know, but my cousin has a bunch of tattoos and he said he's gotten them to, you know, honor him, to honor my grandfather. He has like a bunch of tattoos. So I feel like people like live that in different different And in the (laughs) follow-up, if you had... You had to get a first tattoo. What would it be? I would, like, I said I wouldn't, but, like, anything that I would get would be, like, hidden. Like, I thought about something mm-hmm. in my lip or something that, like, would only be for me. Because mm-hmm. you can't really hide, like, most things. Like, if I wear a bathing suit, most of it would show, you know? Um, and I thought about one time getting, like, a like the glow-in-the-dark ones. Mm-hmm. But then I read some crazy shit about them being, like, extremely toxic. Yikes. <laughs> what would it be of... I feel like it would be like a word, like something that would just inspire mm-hmm. me, like like some kind of something in connection to a mantra. If you could have any animal as a pet, given that it wouldn't kill you, what would you have? Well, I'm like dog obsessed. So <laughs> I feel like my first would always be a cute little pup. Um, but <laughs> the floofs are like my, it's I, like my spirit animal is a golden retriever. So mm. you just call it a floof. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> It's a flare. You have to join dog spotting as a group on Facebook mm, that has yep. completely changed I, yep, my life. Yeah, dog spotting for a minute. Oh my god, I've been in it for like oh, I think almost a year and a half now. I've been in it for like five years. It's absolutely the best thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> but they post their floofs. It's daily floofs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, boring answer, but no, um, great answer. Yeah, that's answer. that's everything. Uh, what's your favorite color to wear? I love red, and I love mustard yellow. Mm. What's your uh, favorite holiday? I love, well, I mean, I love Hanukkah in December, but I also love Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year, um, mm-hmm. mainly because it just, it comes earlier than like the secular New Year. So uh-huh. you get to think about like everything that you've done up until September mm-hmm. uh, and everything else that you want to do. Apples and honey, you can't go wrong. The mm-hmm. sweetness of apples and honey, yeah. Do you, do you fast in Yom Kippur? I usually fast. Yeah. If I if I don't accidentally eat that morning, I I just have to be fast, better yeah. leading up to it to not have coffee, so then I don't have a caffeine oh, headache mm. the day of. Yeah. I love I love Rosh Hashanah because it's just like you get to celebrate the New Year earlier. But yeah, I mean the reason I love Hanukkah too is there's they're jelly donuts that you mm-hmm. can make or buy, but they're the most delicious, and it's like the sweetness leading into the. My mom makes a really good kugel. Yeah. Which yeah. Because everything I just love I love Jewish. I love Jewish food. I, I like Passover. I my, love food in general. My, love- <laughs> both, both aunts, like the aunt that lives in Los Angeles and the aunt that lives in New York, both make incredible um, matzo ball soup on yeah. Passover. So I like, I like Passover. I feel like Noah, Noah's like sitting in his Catholic corner. <laughs> like, like, I'm just, I don't know. I, was, I, have, I have no like religious, I wasn't raised in no sort. I mean, I was went to Catholic school, but I was always raised like outside of that world. So mm. I was just like. Religion's always just been a very cultural thing for me. It still is pretty cultural, you know? Yeah, um, I'm less religious and more, you know, my, my family is, you know, this is sort of how we grew up. It was mm-hmm. it, it was less about what we were celebrating and more what foods were associated. Yeah, and like and I've, what, I've never kept kosher yeah. or those kinds of things. What's your favorite meal? Oh, uh, gosh. Like just, you asked me that too yeah, when yeah, I was yeah, coming yeah. here. I mean, I love Thai food. So I love like pakat prao and papaya salad, like anything Thai food related. I never have one answer to any of these questions. No, it's, I you're fine. Yeah. Um, and I love pan, like I love breakfast foods. So pancakes or like um, egg in a hole, you know, oh, that's yeah, one of my that's favorite. Great. 
It's a very camp thing for me. <laughs> like on all of our overnights, all the counselors would make them and it was they were so good That's every great. summer. Do you have a favorite sound? I do love rainfall and the sound of like a burning campfire. Oh yeah. Yeah, those are classics. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite movie, favorite book, and favorite TV show? Favorite movie. I loved Inception. I still love it. I loved the soundtrack to that too. I also love um, The First Wives Club, which is like my classic favorite mm-hmm. movie with Bette Midler. Do you know that movie? No, but <laughs> can't say that the, the else big song in that it. is the You Don't Own Me. I'm not just one of your many toys. I think somebody you just mentioned that me. movie to me. Yeah, it sounds Don't yeah. say I can't go with other boys. I love that <laughs> one. Uh, favorite book. It's an older book, but I loved Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. That's mm. a good one. It's like yeah. a classic. And I also love like In a More Self-Help Direction, You're a Badass at Making Money. It's a great book. Mm. Oh, nice. <laughs> and did you say favorite song? Favorite uh, TV show. Oh, TV show. If you have a favorite song on hand, that's a good question. That's I a really do, hard question. Uh, I love... Um, the District Sleeps Alone Tonight by Postal Service. Oh, that's Ooh. a great one, and, yeah. Uh, Destiny by Zero Seven, which is like when Sia was mm. doing a lot of features with them, which was like ultimate. And I love all of Taylor McFerrin, so I'll just say him. Ooh, nice. yeah, yeah. That's a great answer. Um, a favorite TV show? Right now, it's probably a tie between Barry and Good. The Handmaid's Tale, I guess. Nice. nice. It's like very different emotional yeah. sides. Yeah. Though. yeah. Though both dark. Both dark. Yeah. Uh, we love Barry. I'm. I'm. Noah hasn't watched Handmaid's Tale, but I'm uh, a season in. Ugh. It's crazy. I love Elizabeth Moss. She's just incredible. But but we're huge Bill Hader fans, and Barry just. It's it's just so, so good. good. It's ridiculous. You just tell they really care about it too. <laughs> like everything threaded together, it's it's like all seamless. It's very tight writing. It's yeah. Like I said, I'm more. I get more inspired you know, in, in my music life by hearing filmmakers and, and writers talk. And there's a great, we were listening to it on the um, drive to San Francisco. There's a great interview between John Mulaney and Bill Hader oh, talking about faves. talking oh, about the new season hello. of Barry. Oh, hello. I love John um, We the, saw him in New York. And, uh, were you there? I wish. Um, I, yeah, I, I saw the kid... The, the Kid Gorgeous taping at Radio City. You like, were there? I, I was there on one of the tapings, yeah. No way. Um, what's your favorite date you've ever been on? My favorite date? That's a very cute question. <laughs> uh, well, actually, I got into a car accident before my uh, second date with Nick, my fiance, <laughs> and he told me that we were going to go meet at Griffith Park for a picnic, which I thought was just very cute to have a picnic and you know he prepared all this stuff all this stuff and then I get into a car accident before calling insurance and before calling my parents I called Nick and I said you know I got into this car accident like my bumper I'm not gonna be able to drive all the way to Hollywood because I was still living at home and he drove all the way to the valley which as you know it's a track to to drive Uh, and it was rush hour and we ended up having like the sweetest picnic uh, at the top of Reseda shout out Tom Petty um (laughs) And it was just so sweet. It was like, you know, he really went above and beyond and it didn't need to be at like this, you know, Michelin star restaurant. It was like just out of the heart. It was just the sweetest. That's really sweet. Yeah. You fell accidentally (laughs) in love. Yeah. To quote the Counting Crows. That's so funny. I was about to start singing that. I was like, I haven't heard that song in so long. It's like one of my favorite songs. We listen to it daily. We listen to it daily. Yeah. You do. No, it just like it pumps me up. Like it's on my, it's on my like morning playlist. It's on the driving playlist. So it's always coming up and we we very rarely skip it. What's your favorite Halloween costume you've done? I guess this past year, we were night at the Roxbury, so I was Emily with her light bulbs. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a deep so cut. Emily. 
Yeah. Yeah. You like my light bulbs? <laughs> uh, can you whistle? I can whistle. I try to bring in whistles into my songs, and it always ends up getting taken out by the end because <laughs> it feels very forced. Mm. Whistles are also just very hard to record. Well, it has to be very, very on pitch. Yeah, yeah. very you know? precise. Can you target. whistle uh, Navigator? Okay, <laughs> 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 oh, good. Oh, good. I, I heard it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Need some more water. <laughs> What's one thing that you looked forward to as a kid that turned out to be not so great as an adult? Yeah, I think like just the concept of being able to pay bills. I was like really excited to be like, <laughs> you know, like being responsible. And I feel like it's just it's not, a, it's no, not every fun. month. I'm like, fuck, water, <laughs> like, water costs something. Yeah, what does water cost as much yeah. as it does? Um, Electricity. But also and like getting getting things fixed, like. Mm. I don't know. I just, I felt like that's so, it was so cool to be like, oh, we have to get like, you know, your laptop or something fixed or your computer or something in the house. And it's just such an ordeal. <laughs> like nothing's ever very fun with that <laughs> yeah, process. Definitely. What's something you've done you'll never do again? Uh, I don't know yet. I haven't skydived. I really want to do that. But I don't know how I'll feel after the fact, you know? Do you have a scar with a story? I do. I have four scars. One on my forehead is from um, a really fun jumping on the trampoline experience with one of my sister's friends. I'm eight years younger than my oldest sister. Mm -hmm. And we were jumping on the trampoline. I must have been like seven or eight. And so he was about 16. They were, he was in high school. And it was just the two of us. He had braces. And I remember thinking he was very cute. <laughs> and we were holding hands, jumping up and down. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's way heavier than me. And I flew up and then I came down and somehow his his mouth went into my Whoa. forehead. Like he, we must have just somehow headed each other. And you can't see it that much anymore, but it was really fucking painful. I remember going in my house and I just had blood all oh. over my face. And then the other three scars, the I was things you do for love, right? Yeah. Seriously, I was like, <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was born about two and a half months premature. So I had feeding tubes for like nine weeks after I was born. Wow. So those oh, were just wow. from feeding tubes. You're just very excited to be alive. I was yeah. just fucking ready to come out. And that's what it is. <laughs> the Aries sign in me was like, get me, get me out. What are three thoughts you have at this very moment? Three thoughts. Oh. The most stressful question. Oh <laughs> right now. Um, what am I eating for dinner? When the fuck is my first single coming out? <laughs> and am I going to get a second dress for my party? <laughs> 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 Which is an actual thought. Yeah, those are the most recent ones. Like am it. I drinking enough water? That's like one. That's a I would love some water. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what advice would you give to your teenage self? It doesn't matter what people think about you run with what you believe in and be proud of yourself for the progress you're making and don't compare yourself and your voice to other people because it's unique to you and your boobs will come so don't don't be so mad that you don't have them right now oh <laughs> uh, and then in that same vein what advice would you give to new artists producers and writers Man, that's like such a such a big one that I wish I had to. I think a huge one that I'll always say is your music not all of the music that you write will see the light of day and that doesn't reflect on what kind of artist you are. It just is part of the journey. So I think write to write and don't be 
upset with yourself if every single song that you ever write doesn't come out. Yeah, that's a good one. Experiment the fuck out of everything. Even if it sounds really weird, um, make it your own. And don't try to be a carbon copy of anyone else. Just try to write from what you're feeling and ask for help when you need it. Because hmm. yeah. I think that, I like that when you sit with yourself and make yourself crazy, I think um, that's like when the negative Definitely. naysayer thoughts come in. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Ask for advice. Yeah. Uh, what are you most proud of? I'm most proud of just being here today and, and feeling really proud of all the music that I've released up until this point. I'm really proud of Navigator getting a Hulu sync and... Which, uh... It was a holiday sync last year. Huh. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. It was awesome. I'm just proud of um, my music having, I guess, extended lifetimes than just on the EP that it releases on. And I'm really proud of the woman I am today. I think I've just grown a lot. I've gotten to know myself and I'm really confident in, in who I am and who I'm becoming. So I think that's something to be proud of. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, hey, you passed the question round. Yeah. Damn, that was fun. <laughs> before before we wrap, what's what's on the horizon? What's what's coming? Yeah, out? I'm gonna be um, releasing with this indie label called Big Noise, and I'm super excited. They're just a sweet family of of support, and hmm. they're gonna help with everything, marketing and PR. And I'm just excited about that. And then hopefully in fall, I'm gonna have some more shows lined up, support shows, and then. Maybe by the spring I'll have like some kind of big tour myself. That's awesome. Wonderful. Well, we're looking forward to, to all that. You you wrote a, a lyric. Is that from a new song or from a song that? It's from an old song called "Lost" that was on the Aftershock EP. Um, What's the lyric? Hazy from the doubt, head above the clouds, but I'm not lost. Hazy from the doubt, head above the clouds, but I'm not lost. It really was like. You know, it's okay to not be okay all the time. I, I kind of wrote that when I was going through a hard time in my life. And I feel like some people, if they see that you're struggling, like they tend to be like, oh, you know, we have to, she's in like a sensitive state. And it's more like, no, I'm not. I'm just going through a hard time. And it's okay to go through those ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of life are just part of it. And to give yourself that permission to, to be in that low is like exactly what that song meant to me. It doesn't mean that you're lost when you're going through like a hard time in your life. Yeah. You're just going through a time. Well, and that's the whole idea of support too, is that <laughs> yeah. it's like you're not gone. You just need, you know, some some shoulders to lean on. And Well, no, thank you so much for, for being yeah, on. We're you. looking forward to everything that's coming. We'll see you when you play live. And Yeah. yeah. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. Of course. Me. Thanks for Anytime. being here. But if you are my navigator, we could take the long way home. We'd like to thank Jägermeister and Isotope for their early support of Talking Lion.